Check, check, check one, check two, this is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming at you again. Oh man, we're getting up to episode 200 here soon. More coffee and weed, yes indeed. It comes again and again. Um, I'm enjoying doing this podcast. I am honored to be doing this podcast. We have good fans, nice fans. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Hopefully, I'm recording this good. I love the DIY effort that I do. You know, this podcast, I just got a cup of coffee. I tell you about it. Tell about the tunes that I'm listening to. Tell about some of the gigs that I'm doing. And then relating it all into maybe a, I don't know, a, a mindful tone, a calm tone, a vibes tone. You know, we're all seeking peace at the end of the day. Peace of mind. Piece of, piece of land, piece of ass, piece of everything, piece of cake, uh, just peace, peace of mind. And that's what a cannabis and coffee kind of give me, but not all the time. Like, you do have to, like, temper things. You know, I haven't been smoking that hard. Like, this week, like, I haven't been smoking during the day, just, like, maybe at night. There was a couple nights I even didn't. Well, I can't say. There, maybe late, late. But it was always before I just did a, I've been writing I've been hustling. I'm getting ready for Christmas. I'm just like you, and I don't know. I'm the, I don't. I don't want to talk Mercury in retrograde, but I just know everybody's going through some heavy shit right now, and so am I. But nothing too crazy that I want to spill my guts on my podcast. This is a podcast about coffee and weed, <laughs> and a little this and that. But uh, with that said, I do have the just a big fat bag of Kirkland house blend coffee. That tells you where I'm at like right now. I just got a fucking, I had to grab a pound, two pounds of uh, Costco big ass coffee. Now people do love Starbucks. I'm not ragging on Starbucks. I'm just telling you my personal opinion. I never bum out on Starbucks if somebody's buying it or if it's the only thing around. And sometimes I look forward, like I usually, if I go there, I try not to even get the regular coffee. Like my main move at at Starbucks is like an iced coffee, not the cold brew. That's too strong there. An iced coffee with just oat milk. Or, you know, if I'm going, you know, a Frappuccino, you know, just something like almost like ice cream. I'll try that. They do have some like in their, their food selections. Good. I'm more of a, more of a, a fan of Starbucks food selection that you know you can always get a good sandwich or salad if you're in a jam in there or some nuts i did get a big industrial bag of cashews i got a big jar of olives and i got a big jar of cashews and i got a big bag of kirkland's house blend uh medium roast it's a good bag of coffee i can't rag on it um and for the bang for the buck it's pretty good but, uh, it, you know, it's definitely got that Starbucks tone, the beans. It says it's medium roast, but it's, like, still super dark. Um, and it, it, the beans all have that, like, glossy thing, which I don't mind, and it's more of the French roast. But as you know, my preference is more of a medium roast, you know, just a straight-up brown. But I like to uh, mix it up 
Um, and I don't, and I definitely appreciate this cup of coffee. And I could almost make any shitty coffee taste good with the pour over. I know everybody's like, oh, what are you talking about with that pour over with the own special teapot thing? Um, it is like, I don't know, but it, I think everybody has their, that's the cool thing about coffee. Like, it, I mean, I was a French press, French press dude for years, even like an old school coffee maker, you know, anything like that. Um, I would get into even dunk it, you know, I'm all over the map with, with how much I love it, but I've also learned a couple of tricks as well. Um, I did, I don't know. I saw one of those, uh, uh, nutritionist type cats on the YouTubes, um, talking about, um, you shouldn't have coffee for the first 90 minutes of the day. And I think that's good. I've been doing uh, apple cider vinegar, just a, like a teaspoon of that in water, like the first thing, because it's all about your gut health, you know, you got to have your gut, got to have your guts all balanced out, and coffee can throw that shit off, especially if you smoke some herb out and stuff, so that's what I'm trying to do, is trying to go the first 90 minutes, but with the pour over, you know, the beans do grind great, and I like to get it like just a powder now that's my move is a powder like almost disintegrate not completely disintegrated but just almost a it's with the pour over because you got to do it stacks you know everybody's talking about stacks um people are stacking their vitamins people are stacking all kinds of shit i know computers they use that methodology you know just i think it's just putting something on top of each other in time movements like boom 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 um but yeah it's a good cup of coffee this is the last end of it, I should have put in my scooped and ant my uh, my anti-acid uh, stuff in here, but I didn't. But that's all right. I'll figure it out. I'll drink a ton of water, and I'll go, I won't go that hard in the paint. But what I'm saying is, like the pour over can make kind of even you know this tastes awesome. I don't know for some reason, I you know after a while, with anything that you do, especially you know weed heads knows what I'm talking about. You know you just understand the nuances of that thing and everything is infinity in that sense so the levels of nerdum <laughs> with coffee you know a coffee nerd or a weed nerd and they can all be annoying so i like to ride it right in the middle but uh so you can go as far as you want you know but sometimes too much technique is what ruins everything that's what i like about this coffee this podcast is just boom to the bip uh, you know, I've just been, you know, I'm a one-hitter dude. I still am. Um, but I was talking to my friend about maybe taking a 30-day break. I might do that for this podcast. But I've always, like, I've gone 20 days here and there. Um, but I will say, like, the the kind of the, the asshole in me does, I don't know if that's, like, coming off the weed. I do understand that, like, because I have been doing that for the last few years is understanding the mood if I'm, you know, dealing with a lot of life and figuring shit out, like I'm off the herb for a moment. Um, you got to watch your mood and stuff like that, but uh, and understand that in your sleep patterns. Um, but I've been getting better with that. Um, all this like stress out there in the world has helped me like focus into meditating more, which I will say my new move is uh, lining up Eckhart Tolle 20 minute. He has some 20 minute talk. He's just like this psychoanalyst dude, and he talks about consciousness in such a simple way, and 
you know, the thing about this podcast is, you know, when I do these solo missions ones, I gotta, uh, you know, I gotta talk, 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 talk. And so, you know, the thing about meditation is just like stopping thinking. And sometimes with talking, that's how I think. So I always like, oh, a podcast, stand-up comedy would be great. But what I'm learning is uh, beyond, you know, being the observer in every situation is, is the best, you know, kind of just seeing how life unfolds. Like the quiet dude <laughs> always knows more than the dude talking. That's the thing about politics and, and uh, all these celebrities and cats running off at the mouth. It's like the more somebody talks, the more they don't know. You know, that's why I try to keep this on an hour, 45 minutes, you know, because being in the quiet is the superpower. Uh, I always like that thing in uh, Pootie Tang. No, is it Pootie Tang? The film Pootie Tang. But Chris Rock has this scene that's awesome where the new rapper had a song that it was no music and no nothing. So the DJ's like, yo, 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 we're playing this new hit. But I think it's like a P. Diddy like type character. P. Diddy. And it's and I think it may have been Pootie Tag. And they play it and it's no music, nowhere. It's just dead air. And they're just going nuts and everybody's dancing like crazy and freaking out. Uh because silence is a bit golden. Yeah, I just uh, took, that was great herb. I just, um, I went to the one place that I trust. There's a big article in High Times about like the quality weed. Like I've been talking on this podcast, like there's been so many pop-up shops in New York City, but the level of herb, like the thing about High Times is they were so ahead of the time. So when I was working there or, you know, I wrote articles there and I hung out there a lot. Um... A lot of those guys ended up being my friends. Shout out to Danny Danko. Shout out to Bobby Black. Some of these got cats. Steve Hager. Uh, definitely uh, the guy from uh, Steve Bloom. That cat. I need to get him on the podcast. Steve Bloom runs this site called Celeb Stoner, which is kind of, you know, kind of a, it's mostly a stoner. Like he would write about bands and stuff. He had a really personal uh relationship with cypress hill and they even sample him talking about cam cannabis on their first album which is pretty heavy because i guess they would visit high times and high times was always in terms of like growing and the medical scene and all that stuff was a bit ahead of its time so what's happening here in new york city is there's always been a bodega culture but you're not sure it's still, you know, that culture is still the black market. And then the thing about cannabis, it is an organic thing. So you do need, you know, qualities involved. So yeah, like bad herb has like bugs in it and like weird shit in it. Um, and then pesticides and then like stuff sprayed on it and stuff like that. Like you don't know um, what's getting stepped on or what's not getting stepped on. Um, so that's what's so tricky about that 
um, that all these uh, bodegas and stuff, all these pop-up shops, because New York is legal, so the cops aren't sh- shaking anybody down, but then all these kind of sketchy cats or just like middle of the road. So they're not testing. They're not, you know, they're like, oh, that smells good. You know? <laughs> and uh, twisting it up and selling, and which is kind of cool because it's like everywhere. But at the same time, like they tested all this stuff and it had all this like rancid shit in it. Like, like I'm talking like, like, yeah, like, uh, like that rat poison, like, you know, it just has, and then just some weird bacteria. And there seems to be another wave of COVID fucking you know, coming through. So, you know, there's just funky shit. And once you start dealing with organic matter, things can get weird. So it's like, that's how life is. And that's why people treat the earth and life like, oh, it's just nothing. And we just plow through it. It's like, nah, it's an organic, you know, living thing. There's a lot of shit going on. You got to support it and love it for it to uh, grow and flourish and be there, you know? Be in service, as they say. Um, as I sip this other, s- some more coffee. Um, last cup of the day. I have been just doing one pot. I've been doing my steps, hardcore. I've been pumping beats. I've even gotten to the point where I'm not listening to music when I walk around because I don't trust people out there right now with the bikes and everybody's high and shit. <laughs> so I do, and and I've gotten awareness like when I go out for a walk, like I really try to observe how cool the sky is, how the trees are, you know, just tr- be within myself without my brain thinking. And then you can kind of be one with nature you know, really living in the moment. And I was talking about it last night on stage and it worked out. I did this rough, you know, it's not a rough room. I want to give them a shout out. You know, this is a very old bar called the Essence Bar in Crown Heights. It's right off a of Flatbush and it's way, you know, it's about 20 minutes away. I, I drove there. I know it. I bombed there the last time I was there. It's this, you know, old, you know, black owned business in Brooklyn. And they have like an open mic night, but they also book a couple comics and it's a dope show. It's a, it, it's been going a year now, but it's kind of rough, you know, it's kind of, it, but it literally feels like cheers. It's like Brooklyn cheers in there and there's no hipster shit. It's like a bar bar. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was no IPAs. There's none of that shit. It, it, there's sports going on. And even during the comedy show, there was a sports, they didn't have the, they had the sound off, but there's a sport, there's sports going on. There's a bartender and there's cats in there drinking and they had a DJ and I did all right last night. You know, I really say with all this tension, you know, Kanye, you know, all this, all this weird shit out there, people are having open art. It feels like to me and I, you know, it's my vibe, your vibes, your vibe, but people do have their heart open right now, especially if you're on the open heart type of shit. Um, but you know, it's a cold world out there. Sometimes some people aren't on their open heart shit. Uh, and sometimes people can take advantage of it. So you get it. But I had a blast night. Uh, shout out to the essence bar. Can I kick it? You know, I didn't, the last time I bombed there, so I didn't invite anybody out there. This is kind of like a workout joint as they say in stand up comedy. And I haven't been going 
out that hard. I got been doing some gigs. I'm booking. I just booked something in DC. I'll let you know about it. Dates will be up on my uh, website very soon for the new year. Mostly run around New York, and I'm working on scripts and writing like crazy. Um, but also auditioning and doing all. Uh, so hopefully, I don't want to talk about it too much because I gotta get the shit. But everything is uh, everything. But I have been pumping some tunes. Definitely ride on Josephine. I've been playing my guitar. Uh, you know, I've been playing guitar badly, acoustic guitar badly. But I, lately, I've, I went through a breakthrough. And I've been, you know, tooling around with it forever. But it's like my third finger, I learned how to fret, like, really good. And I can hold these two chords that you can do most blues numbers. Like, I can go... And you know, and you're just riding that beat. You know, the thing about the guitar is like I like rhythm guitar. I've always liked circular sounds. That's why I've always liked uh, Bo Diddley. Like you know, and go-go music has the same vibe. A lot of Grateful Dead. You know, anything with a lot of percussion, I guess I dig. Uh, but I have been listening to a little Green Day, a little Charlie Parker here. Um, let's see. Uh, some hip-hop. You know, I, I do like, yeah, some of the new stuff, but it's just so violent. and Everybody's getting popped off that it bums me out. But I do love the beats, and I do love the flows. Um you know, I do think art and music, everything's organic and you kind of got to live in the time or, you know, do your own thing. And I think I just try to do my own thing and cut off, like, you want to appreciate, but you don't want to be influenced. You kind of comparing, you know, I don't want to compare this podcast to anybody else. I'm, I'm not comparing my com comedy career to anybody else because it does, you know, rob you of your productivity, um, and you got to be productive. <laughs> you got to get out there and uh, do your thing. And that's what we're doing. We're drinking some coffee. I got some herb out. Um, I got like, a few gigs out there coming up for the new year that I'm very, I mean, just like straight up stand up. Like, I got to definitely do a uh, special very soon. But I'm also having fun making music. So check out my album. Um, it seems to be doing the, I have a song up called coffee and weed. You can stream it on everything. Just yell at Alexa, I guess, Rob Cantrell, um, coffee and weed and see what she does. Let's see. Hey, Alexa, can you play coffee and weed by Rob Cantrell? There it is. I hope I don't get rights. I hope they don't shut down this podcast. Okay, Alexa, stop. Because that's kind of egocentric, me just playing my own music. Uh, but I have played my own music on this podcast. And hopefully I'll get better at guitar um, to play a little bit more um, on the podcast. Because I definitely want to put in music and stuff like that. Because I enjoy like like making the beats for the show and lining it up and editing it all up. And getting the sound right. I know it's not perfect. I know I don't have the uh, superstar, you know, system system. But I got a good enough, and my editing skills, I think, are good. Um, I just got to look at the levels sometimes. 
And I'm looking at into getting this new beat machine I'm excited about. But I don't want to talk about it. I got to do it. Um, let's see. What else uh, did I want to talk about on the Cannabis Coffee Hour? I wanted to talk about... Oh, we got Christmas coming up. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, I definitely... I don't want to talk, you know, I, I definitely am on kind of a Christian vibe. And I, I love forgiveness. I love the whole turning the other cheek. Like, there's some heavy shit. But I also respect Judaism and Buddhism. And everybody's got their angle. So, I, but I'm what I'm saying is, like, I dig Christmas. But sometimes how commercial it is kind of bums me out. But I do think getting gifts and giving is dope. You know, we're all going through it. And it does add a little bit of pressure. And I think the change of weather. But I dig it. And we just got through Thanksgiving. We're just running at the new year. Um, I'm drinking some seltzer. I'm doing uh, mad stretches. I've been really good with doing my five Tibetan rites. These are these stretches I've been doing. But they call it the fountain of youth. And I have to say, like, in terms of gray hair and all that stuff kind of backs away. Everything kind of gets lubed up. Um, It's an easy way to do it. But it does feel weird. You got to spin place. Like you got to do all these kind of crazy exercises. But it does get me, you know, just loose and ready to go. I can go for a hike right now. I can play some basketball. Um, I can play some kickball. I'm ready to go. Um, also, you know, you never know what life's going to throw at you. So you kind of always want to be in your best physical health right now. I was just checking, like, do I have the sniffles? But I don't. I just took, did a good breath through my nose. And, yeah, I do not have the sniffles. I'm feeling good. I'm just, uh, yesterday, I just heard a lot of, like, you know, ki- you know, just people having colds and shit. You know, it's the East Coast. Fucking Christmas time. That's what everybody does. But, you know, with COVID and shit, it's weird. But I, so I was just, I got emergencies. I was just taking a lot of vitamin C. And I was running around, so... I don't know. It worked out. Uh, I'm excited about that new Tom Petty album that just came out. Like he did this run. There's a new. I mean, I know he passed away, and I know everybody's like, "Yo, Tom Petty's been gone forever." But he just released this cool, like, extended uh, run at the Fillmore. And the Fillmore, the original Fillmore in San Francisco. I know they're cha- they have a few more through Live Nation right now, and they're dope. I'm sure they're dope. But the original Fillmore, that was like Bill Graham Presents. That was like the Grateful Dead. That's a San Francisco institution. But in Sa- I don't know. San Francisco was just such a great music town that he did like, I don't know, it's like 10 nights in a row or maybe longer than that. It's the new Tom Petty album. And they have uh, all the nights recorded. And then they went through it. I want to look that up. Let's talk about that. The new Tom Petty uh album which is recorded at the Fillmore in San Francisco and the thing about the Fillmore what it was is that they used to have apples they would have uh organic apples for free at the end of the show they would have buckets of it so you'd be all high and come out and be like oh I'm hungry this is they've done this since the 70s but I went there a couple of times they may have done that, I think now with COVID and germs and liability, they don't do that. But at a time, you know, it was just like a whole, not a whole, you know, there was, San Francisco's just like this old city, and every generation has their music producer dude, 
Um, and there's these certain venues and he, you know, he just maybe owned or rented out the Fillmore and started producing rock shows and the hippies loved it. The town, you know, just loves musicians and weed and inner, you know, interesting cats. It's just a great place to be until, I don't know, I don't want to talk negative about it because everybody does right now, but, and I haven't been there in a second, but, uh, yeah, Bill, uh, the Fillmore was like the original, spot and it really was it's still cool as hell um i saw supergrass this band supergrass there and i remember they have a good they had they they had a good uh and i was hungry because i smoked a bunch and i went by myself i was just in town briefly and then somebody hooked me up with some tickets because i knew uh the person that kind of ran the place uh or one of the people uh, the thing is that that's just this huge establishment, and I got to uh, work at the Punchline, that comedy club that was all connected to this place. But um, okay, yeah, the Fillmore. Uh, I spaced out on you guys, and I forgot what I was Google searching there. Tom Petty album Fillmore. <laughs> Fillmore box set. Oh shit. Live at the Fillmore. Four CDs. Uh, Fillmore 1997. But the thing is, he does all these covers. And that's when I want to see. Uh, oh, he. Okay. 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 Let's start. Okay. Okay. So. The fourth CD, I will start there. Sorry, I've just broken my amplifier. Spoken interlude. That sounds great. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Oh, yeah. That is a, you know, that's Bob Dylan. That is a great tune. Anytime uh, that comes on, it has a good swing to it, you know? Uh, I like a song with swing. That's what these young cats don't know about it. He's swing. Uh, but not gonna, they do, they do, I said the Migos had some swing, it's just kind of a loose, carefree vibe that's in rhythm, but, um, Knocking on Heaven's Door is a great jam, and they would kill that, I would want, listen to that, Honey Bee, that's one of their jams, and that's a good tune, Country Farm, You Wreck Me, that's them, Shaking All Over, that, Shaking All Over, that's, uh, Elvis Presley, I'm sure, you know Tom Petty was probably an Elvis Presley fan, the king of rock and roll. I don't know if he was the king. I'd say Bo Diddley was the king of rock and roll in my world. Uh, and he was. I mean, some people say Chuck Berry, um, you know, blues. It's just that point where blues and country and, and electric guitar meet. Johnny B. Good, Satisfaction. They got a cover of Satisfaction on here. Nice. It's all over now. Louie Louie. Those are all good songs. Gloria. I know that tune. Gloria. Dun, 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 dun. Gloria. That's every cover band that I knew coming up in the 90s could play that. That was like with the, you know, my, I guess my band. Let's see here. Um, Mr. Roger McGuinn. I guess he's, he comes in. Drugstore trucks driving. Eight Miles High. That's a good bird song. Green Onions. That has a funky organ. Uh, and then I guess John Lee Hooker comes on stage. 
John Lee Hooker, ladies and gentlemen, find my baby. I guess they probably play a bunch of I Got a Woman way downtown that won't good for me uh, or been good to me. Um, I guess that's all like blues. I guess they have Guy from the Birds, John Lee Hooker. What the hell? Diddy Wah Diddy. We got a long way to go. Let's see here. Friend of the Devil. Oh shit. They got a they got a they got a Grateful Dead song here. Oh man, this is gonna be dope. Uh Jamming Me. I heard that one. Like I heard some of the live ones. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Please. Don't take my sunshine away. About the album. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers famously played 20 nights at the legendary Fillmore venue in San Francisco in 1997. Six of the shows were professionally recorded and then released features. Many of the high points of the residency. If you know the residency, most bands play a place for one night. This dude so big comes into the fucking Fillmore, which is like rock star heaven, and does 20 nights in a row. Sold out. God darn, that's dope. Um, The small venue allowed the band to vary their sets each night. They included rearranged and distinctive versions of their hits, deep cuts, and many cover versions, paying tribute to the artists that Tom and the band had been influenced by. Bam. It comes with an embroidered patch. Oh, that's sick. Some guitar picks. Oh, man. I might have to get this fucking thing. Uh, If anybody wants to get me a Christmas gift, they can get me the 4CD Deluxe Fillmore 1997. Uh, I'll take the CDs. My DVD player (laughs) plays it. Uh, Contact at Rob Cantrell is my email if you want to contact me. um, but you don't have to. I don't need anything. I got everything. I've been listening to, uh, yeah, like sometimes I'll put on, like, it, I guess I'll put in meditation music, like, you know, just like some of it's bullshit, but some of it's good. And I look at the plays, like this one The Sound of Inner Peace, Relaxing Music, Paradise Tonight, Meditation, three hours. And <laughs> it's just like a Buddha figure. Like, YouTube with like, like visuals and um you know how they say like the thumbnail for a youtube makes uh no people click on it because there's a compellingness of the still aligns with like the video i don't know but uh i'm a big fan of lo-fi hip-hop so i I definitely want to kind of merge into making more beats for like lo-fi type of shit or visuals on the cannabis coffee hour podcast kind of like you know i i love what we got going now with the logo gotta check out the youtube i'm proud of the youtube the youtube the cannabis coffee hour youtube is dope i don't care what you're saying i got i got all kinds of cool fucking live episodes from the pandemic that's up there and i'm gonna be upgrading everything and moving and evolving as we go um because out getting out there and traveling but it's the consistency but you know you know so you got to just check i'll try to get it up every week 
but I need to be a little bit more, you know, I really think planting a seed and letting things grow at its own pace and having kind of a style and grace to everything what you do is kind of the gig, you know, whether it's how you make your bed or how you do this or do that, like you got your own style and you want to go towards the best part of that style. And that's what, you know, I just take a long time doing stuff. But I, I love, you know, I got the good audio. I got some good beats. I got some good guests. The numbers aren't crazy, crazy. I'm not making a million dollars, but I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I know the potential of everybody listening. And I know the potential of uh, the legalization of cannabis, which I think, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I be doing this every week? And, you know, I'm getting older and bolder. But, uh, you know, I've always like the punk rock aspect of things and i do think non-conformity is great you just got to do it in a positive sense and the thing about cannabis like with all this bunk weed that's out there like what i was talking about before is like new york's got all this bunk and i had some you could just tell that it just wasn't healthy like i do want healthy cannabis outdoor grown you know shit that's good for you but uh i went on I've always been down with normal, N-O-R-M-L, which is the National Organization of Reform Marijuana Laws. Them in high times were like the first hold it down real stoners, uh, but they they are pretty fascinating too because they have a wealth of knowledge and they deal with, they have their office like right in Washington, D.C., so they've been fighting for this for like since the 70s and you know their whole scene and it's like high-end lawyers and shit but they have a great breakdown of hemp and i wanted to read it to you this is just on their page uh shout out to normal they've always supported me i've always for some reason you know i've tried to stay apolitical especially with comedy it doesn't lend itself i think for having the best i don't know there's a lot of weird shit going on with extremism but you got to keep an open mind and an open heart, I think. And especially with comedy, it's like, you got to, it's so fucking hard. You got to keep your options open at all times uh, to live more in the moment. But you try to figure out the right, the right thing, you know? And that's why I think hemp is dope. Um, just, you know, growing it as a paper, because, you know, you just, you see all the garbage and all the fucking mess. And the thing is, recycling is key. And I'm, I don't want to be a super earth dude all day, every day, and bum everybody out. But at the same time, I do think some of these answers are right there within cannabis. Like, what is hemp? Hemp refers to the non-psychoactive variants of cannabis grown by farmers throughout the world for agriculture and industrial purposes. Hemp is one of nature's strongest and most versatile architectural crops and has has many commercial uses. Various parts of the plant may be utilized for making paper, textile, cosmics, cosmetics, paints, clothing, foodstuff, um, insulation, and animal feed. You know, I've been using hemp seed for my smoothies every morning. It's got like 28 grams of protein. Everybody's like, protein is, you know, protein's where it's at. It has just got so much protein and it makes my banana peanut butter shake even thicker and more. I get more power out of it. Um, but what it's saying here is like blowing my mind is like paints, clothing, uh, insulation in our homes. Like, you know, that kind of like that fiberglass plastic shit that they put in homes. 
Like all that is not biodegradable and all of this is biodegradable. It produced a much yield, higher yield per acre than substitutes such as wood pulp and cotton and requires virtually no pesticides. Farmers in over 30 countries, including Canada, France, England, Germany, Japan, Australia, commercially grow hemp for industrial purposes. Federal lawmakers included language in the 2014 Omnis Farm Bill authorizing states to sponsor industrial hemp research through agricultural pilot programs, notwithstanding prohibitions under the Control Substance Act. This change in law allowed U.S. farmers to legally grow hemp for the first time since World War II. Yeah, that's what's happening, man. Um, Because we talked to the guys, Caleb, on that one episode. He was uh, in the Amish country in Pennsylvania. I know Pennsylvania isn't fully legal, but I guess since 2014, everybody can grow. He was growing hemp. So after four years of research, the 2018 Omnis Farm Bill fully descheduled commercial hemp production in the United States, removing hemp in, uh, I won't even, in hemp from the Controlled Substance Act. So that got, as soon as they did the research for real, real, they took hemp, like, right, it has to be legal. The hemp production program is regulated by the United States Department of Agriculture, states, and tribal governments can now apply to have commercial industrial hemp programs approved by the USDA, and cultivators would require a permit. Hemp is defined in U.S. federal law as the plant cannabis sativa L in any part of that plant, including seeds thereof and all derivative extracts, cannabinoids, isomers, acids, salts, salts, isomers, whether growing or not, in delta 9 concentration for not more than 0.3. Okay. I guess that's what is hemp is like, it, it's, it won't get you high, but you can make a shirt out of it, is the gig. <laughs> Or you can make a car, you can make plastics, you can make, you know, wood. You know, most wood that people buy is like glue and this like sawdust. Um, or they cut down some bomb ass trees that took like 2,000 years to grow. Uh, and we need more trees. It's so lush when you can go into nature, you know. It's the way to fucking. Um, calm your soul to get back to peace get it back to the non-thinking because when you get into nature that non-thinking part of your brain kicks in or it's there you know you have to be aware of it if you're still in like, ah, I want to go back and get on the internet and jerk out and do my thing and, you know but when you're in nature you gotta fucking you don't want to twist your ankle. You don't want to get hit by a bug. And you kind of want to breathe the good air. You want to be the observer. Get lost in that shit, you know. Get out there. Get your steps in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been getting my steps in. I've been playing my guitar. Mostly vibing out on those two chords. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, pumping the p- Tom Petty. Um... But I also listen, I'm trying to see, uh, they used to have a better, 
can't believe a ludicrous song. I mean, I don't mind ludicrous. Nobody loves ludicrous, or maybe they might. He's got a lot of happy, like he had a lot of top forty like happy tunes. Jerry Garcia band at the Warfield. The Warfield's another place, uh, great venue in San Francisco. I'm trying to think. I saw I uh, saw widespread panic at the Warfield for sure. Right when I got to town, I remember that in San Francisco. I saw widespread panic there. I saw um, the Cult, this band with Joe Bartnick. I saw it there, and I'm trying to think. Oh, and then I saw Galactic on New Year's. Uh, Galactic is, is this band from New Orleans that kind of is like jazz and jam band. But I think they're like DC cats. I don't know. I think they were from Northwest. Uh, but they all got together and jammed in college. And then they came a scene and toured around and make music and stuff. Let's see here. Been doing some uh, Tibetan uh, bowls, healing sounds. You guys rocking to that shit? Pumping that shit like crazy. <laughs> uh, at the drive-in. There's this thing that right here is stop overthinking, lo-fi hip-hop. But it's like Bart Simpson in his treehouse vibing out like on the yoga pose. Oh, man. I'm going to pump this right after that. And I've been listening to Turnstile. I did this phone call with my buddy uh, Dan Curry. And I was pumping. He's such a punk rock dude. I was to get ready for it. I was just pumping some punk rock. And uh, he's a good, great writer, director dude. And uh, I was just picking his brain on some shit. And every day, I like talking music with him. You know, you you talk to cats. That's how I relate, is music, food. That's how we all relate. Everybody relates. Uh, To cannabis, to food. Not everybody, but I mean, whether you're sports or music, you know, how we all vibe out. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. You know, we did 40 minutes. I know everybody's busy during the holidays. Um, I love you. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. We'll have more shows coming at you, more guests, uh, more weed, more coffee. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I talked about everything I really wanted to. I wrote, I I try to write down a little bit of list here. I got to do this fucking audition. I got to remember these words. So I got to practice that. Um. But you guys don't care about that. You just care about the coffee and weed. No, you don't. Uh, I love you. I'm uh, finishing this cup of coffee. Like and subscribe. I don't know. That's it. Peace.
discovering truth is not a question of intelligence. It's intelligence, not intellectual ability or intellectual intelligence at all. Because if it were, I mean, there's so many people with really um, sharp intellects, you know, they have such skill at comprehending or going to the point. So if that was all that it took, there'd be many, very, many, many uh, Buddhas who came to the, the intellectual artery or vein.